Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. So you heard the governor's address. And in addition to that, you know that you have Democrats like Representative John Cuoco and another sponsor on the bill to raise your income taxes is the very powerful Democrat, Senate President Pro Tem, Dave Sicola. There are a number of uh, Democrats that sponsor this as well, but my opinion is that uh, once you get the Senate Pro, I'm sorry, the Senate President Pro Tem on this, um, that means that he or she really support this, and they want to see it happen. I have to see if the Senate and the Republican whips are in on this as well. I think so, but I'm not certain. Uh, Professor Stapleford's on the phone. I like to call him Professor Stapleford. You know, doctorate in economics, taught at the college level, and as uh, with the Caesar Rodney Institute as well. And so uh, he and I were chatting about uh, taxes and tax rates, as you have Democrats looking to uh, to raise taxes. And I'm wondering, well, what has happened in the past? Because I've reached out in the past, uh, I think during the, the, Mark, the uh, Markell administration, uh, to find out, well, you know, how many people of high net worth, we're talking, you know, millionaires, multimillionaires, left Delaware and decided to spend 51% of the year in Florida to avoid or evade... Uh, the new the higher tax rates and everybody making over $60,000 a year. And they said, oh, yeah, we really don't have that number. And I asked, why not? So, well, you know, we really don't track it. And I asked, well, isn't it important to know these things? Well, you know, we look at the overall numbers and how they're going, and everything seems to be pretty much okay. I, I think it's malfeasance to to have um, a, a policy of raising taxes and then not seeing the overall effect on that as well and how many millions of dollars you can potentially lose to do that. So on the phone right now is John Stapleford, like I said, uh, economist um, and professor. I'm glad to have you on. How are you, sir? Uh, happy to be on, Rick, and really appreciate what you do with your show. Oh, not everybody does, but thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so anyway, the top personal income tax rate is now 6.6%. And uh, that's for everybody who was defined back in those days of the Markell administration as being wealthy. <laughs> that means make $60,000 or more. And and yet uh, the the median income in 2019 is higher. I was reading this. Uh, you sent this to me, and I thought 2019 median was 70000 I I I thought it was like in the 60s somewhere. Yeah, I, I would have thought in the 60s as well, but uh, that's the reality. And under Trump, under the four years of the Trump presidency, the median household income actually expanded. If you adjust for inflation for like 15 years, the median household income had actually fallen in Delaware. Uh, but under the Trump economy, uh, we gained ground. But so that's what it is. And so you have, as you say, Rick, uh, when you t- say that uh, the top rate starts in at $60,000, the 6.6% rate, you have nearly two-thirds of the households uh, in Delaware paying uh, the top rate or, or a little or a little bit less. Because the, the rate just below 60000 starting at 25000 mm-hmm. is 5.5%, which is high. So you're breaking... $25,000 a year, and the state government's going to come and take 5.5% of that. It's pretty hefty. Yeah, I, I understand. Now we're looking at 
a proposal uh, from uh, Democrats here in the state to increase the tax rate another half percent more if you're making 125 or more. And then it goes up to like over 8%, depending how much you're making. So years ago, I thought that you had extrapolated some numbers from population, income, and tax rates that showed an approximation of how many wealthy people left Delaware because of that tax increase. Uh, and I'm, you can't yeah, go do ahead. it. From, well, from the IRS data... Uh, you can pick up households with a hundred thousand dollars or more, but you can't get the detail on the on the large ones. What what we do have is per capita income, in personal income per person in Delaware, and over the last ten, twelve years, it's going from eleven to twelve percent above the nation to four percent below the nation. So that's an indicator that there's a loss of people with high income or higher income in the state. So what you're saying is that um, years ago, 11 to 12 percent of the nation's multimillionaires or high-income uh, residents were in Delaware, and now it's down to less than 4 percent? Well, no, this is uh, income per capita. is Okay, uh, income per capita. Yeah, has gone from 12 percent above to 4 percent below. Now, years ago, uh, back in the, in the 50s and 60s, Delaware actually had was in the top two or three states in terms of of uh, people with wealth, but we've had a combination of things uh, that have really hit us, like the, the downsizing of the Dupont Company and AstraZeneca, uh, the closing, of course, of the automobile plants, uh, the uh, problem with the schools and people moving out of out of. Uh, northern Newcastle County professionals and living in nearby Chester County so the kids can get a good education. So there's been a, a variety of things that have caused a drain on uh, the top income ranks, in, in uh, particularly in northern Delaware. Any, uh, any idea uh, of how much in tax revenue the state of Delaware lost when they raised the rate to 6.6? Well, what I what I saw was uh, if you go back and you look at the at the data from the State Department of Finance, every time in the past, starting in 1979, every time they dropped the personal income tax rate, personal income tax revenue increased, went up. So, for example, they dropped it from. Uh, 20% to 13.5% in 1979, and total personal income tax revenue up 33% over four years. And you find the same thing pattern. Now, when they uh, raised the rate to 6.75%, and they left it in for two years and then dropped it to 6.6%. So uh, with the drop from 675 to 66 uh, personal tax revenue went up 12 percent. So the pattern is pretty clear, in, at least in Delaware. Every time you raise the tax rate, uh, you stall, cause personal income tax revenues to stall out, and every time you uh, lower it, you cause personal income tax revenue to rise. And you say, well, what's, what's going on? And, and the, the two simple explanations, one is whenever you raise the rates, 
people with money find a way of hiding their income. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, and what's the other thing? Well, the other thing is, Rick, which is obvious, uh, particularly in Newcastle County, uh, people can if people can move to surrounding states and get a lower rate uh, and pick up any other advantages and still commute to their jobs in Delaware, they will. Now, for example, in the case of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania has a flat rate. It's three, really three, basically 3.1% flat rate. So if you're making uh, $250,000 in Delaware under the proposed new rates, you'll be paying 7.55%. You can move over into Chester County, pay 3.1%, and get better schools at the same time. I want to get to Dan at 302 529-1017, because you know, we're talking about not just Delaware, but also you know these federal policies. Um, we've, we're, we're closing in on $28 trillion in debt on the federal side, and now you have a Biden group saying that they want to give uh, moms, every I guess every mom in America, like $28,800, $2,400 a month, and it's, at some point, interest rates are going to have to go up dramatically in order to cover this. Dan, uh, you have a take on this. What is it? Well, I just thanks for taking my call. I actually wanted to talk on a subject you touched on earlier. But my take on this is that that's it's just ridiculous. I mean, you and I both know, and your audience knows, you know, how much more can you spend um, before it becomes, you know, just un, you know unattainable because. Um, when when inflation eventually comes back, as it inevitably will, um, servicing the debt will, will be a huge burden, and then we'll just take money from other um, portions of the economy that we, you know to service the debt. But what I wanted to touch on, if you don't mind, was a pet peeve of mine that you brought up before. It's and it kind of ties into taxes is people's personal you know spending uh, habits or res- responsibilities I just think people here today are not willing to make the sacrifices everyone has such a short-term view uh, and and you know the long-term view was gone you know uh, their priorities just seem to be all misdirected and then they complain when they'll both you know um, husband and wife has to work and and they're stressed out because they don't have time to you know to spend with their children um, and, you know, my wife was a stay-at-home mom for a good portion, and but, but we were able to do that because she sat, we sacrificed. You know, we, we didn't go on vacation. We didn't have two cars. We didn't have a nice house or a big house. We, you know, we, we sacrificed because we saw that the um, long-term uh, pain could, uh, short-term pain could end in long-term, uh, you know, gain. And, and that's where we are now. We're very comfortable. We have no debt. Our, our kids, are, you know, are, are well off on their own. Uh, but we sacrificed, you know, in the early years, and it paid off. But I think people are just too selfish now to even to No, I, I think you're right, and that's why we take a look at the stimulus and the arguing and yelling about that. And yet, as we had on WDEL News uh, this morning, what are people buying? Expensive liquor, high-end tequilas, expensive whiskeys, things like that. So here's this largesse, and people haven't learned that in the long run, there's going to be a price to pay. Hey, thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate it, man. Um, I want to get over to Professor. Stapleford as well. Yes, right. I will always call you Professor. <laughs> I know it's either that or Doctor John. <laughs> so, so, 
Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, speak to that. You studied economics uh, for many, many years. You're a, uh, you have a doctorate in economics. You taught at the university level. And what, speak to what Dan, what Dan was saying. Well, I, I feel like uh, Dan was right on target. Uh, when you have this much debt, uh, you're going to eventually have hyperinflation. I mean, it's it, you can't keep uh, printing all this money. And you, your ability to service the debt is going to be it's going to take a larger and larger portion of the federal budget to service the debt, which means they're going to create more money, which is going to fuel the problem. So yes, uh, it's going to show up, and it and it'll show up as it shows up in the bond market, to makes the problem even worse because it makes the debt even more expensive to pay off. So it, it's it's. Uh, this is one of the most irresponsible things that uh, uh, government is fake, government in Washington has done that I in my lifetime, uh, and they're just making it was irresponsible for the initial COVID uh, two trillion, and this is irresponsible as well. It's just crazy. I don't know. I don't know who they're their advice from. So you were you talk about your lifetime. You were around during the Carter years, and you saw the the misery index and policies that uh, that actually damaged our economy in so many meaningful ways. So when you take a look at what's happening on the federal level, how do you react to that? Uh, I don't. What I did was write up an article and and publish okay. it. Uh, you know, this is my nerd way of, of uh, reacting to what's going on. But I, I was astounded. Uh, we, you and I had talked about it uh, in 2007. Uh, it, yeah, 2007 or so, federal debt was 67% of output at gross domestic product in the United States. Now it's up to 135% of gross domestic product. And with the spending that uh, President Biden has suggested, it would send it up to like 160, 165%. That, that's, uh, that's like a developing country. And all it does is spell trouble. All right. So um, I'm going to have Rick Geisenberger on later on today. We're after the news at 1 o'clock, Secretary for Department of Finance here, because... I'm making an assumption based upon something I heard, uh, which is uh, $130 million went into the uh, the budget smoothing plan that Governor Carney had created by executive order because, um, well, Democrats were against it. They run the state here in Delaware, and they didn't want to do that. And my guess is that actually has helped the state basically be buffered against the such you know, negative impact of the pandemic. What do you know of that? Uh, all I know is that they, they created the fund uh, a couple of years ago. And it, this, this this year particularly, it really uh, was a lifesaver. Uh, and I, you can understand the, the pressure that's on uh, politicians from unions and from uh, state workers and constituents uh, to spend money now. But uh, I think it's a... a very sound policy and to the credit of the uh, governor. All right. Appreciate that. That's the voice of the loyal opposition. He's <laughs> <laughs> a very conservative uh, economist, Dr. John Stapleford. And just to recap, 
So every year that the tax rate, the income tax rate, was decreased, tax revenues to the state of Delaware increased. And the reverse happened when they increased the marginal tax rate, tax revenues to uh, the state also decreased. Is that true? Or were there some years when, uh, when it actually stabilized or was increasing? No, it, it, uh, that's true. Looking over a four-year period, giving people a chance to react and move and, and so forth, and, uh, with the rates proposed uh, in House Bill 64, uh, those rates, we'd have higher rates at every level of uh, tax bracket than, uh, than Maryland and Pennsylvania, and of course, Florida has zero income tax rate. So, it's it seems to make sense that uh, there'd be some reaction that people would vote with their feet and uh, react to the higher rates in in Delaware. And we're it's not as if we're uh, Newcastle County, uh, as an example, has had net domestic out migration for at least eight or nine years. So it's not as, as if we're uh, in the catbird seat and we can do whatever we want. People will still come. You have Sussex County, and but uh, there, there is a group that follows adjusted gross income uh, by state and by county. It's called How Money Walks. And over the last 25 years, uh, How Money Walks says that Newcastle County has lost you know, had a net out migration of $1.9 billion of adjusted gross income. And the biggest uh, recipient of the out migration is Chester County, with about 40% of uh, the money that, that, that net is leaving uh, Newcastle County going to Chester County. So, as we said before, with Chester County, you not only save on your income tax when you move, uh, you also get better schools. Wow. John Stapleford, Caesar Rodney Institute. You can read his writings there. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, be safe. Be well. All right, Rick. Thank you. You as well. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Your take, always welcome, 302-529-1017 after this. There's more Rick Jensen coming up on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. 